Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome, welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 97. Today, I'll be interviewing Nancy Tandon. Nancy Tandon is a former speech-language pathologist and author of two middle-grade novels, The Way I Say It, Charles Bridge 2022, and The Ghost of Spruce Point, Aladdin 2002. Nancy lives in Connecticut with her family and is a fan of popcorn reading and literacy outreach programs of all kinds. So to learn more information about Nancy, visit her website at nancytandon.com. So thank you so much today for being here, Nancy. I Just before we started recording, we started talking about how I found her book, the way I say it, and how it just found me. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. And I love that Nancy is like a speech pathologist and she got all this really cool um, backgrounds about you. And I, one of the things that, that I, that I want to ask, like the first question I want to start off with is just, you know, talking about your background because you were also a teacher as well. That's right. And let me start by saying thank you so much for hosting me on your podcast, because I think it's fun when um, like minds meet uh, because of a book. That's totally (laughs) awesome. Um, I did have a first career as a teacher. My my undergrad degree was in education, elementary education and psychology. Um, and then I continued to be interested in um, sort of brain psychology. And that took me to uh, my second career or I don't, I kind of lose track. My husband makes a joke about how many different careers I've had, but my second, my second actual career that had a degree behind it was um, speech language pathology. Um, And then um, during both of those careers, I noticed that it was really stories that are always driving me, whether it would be someone's life story, which I found so interesting in working in the outpatient setting and the inpatient setting as a speech path. I mean, you just were never bored, right? You're, oh, never you're always dealing with the psychology <laughs> no. of a family or the psychology of, a, of, you know, what's happening with the particular person or child. Um, and when my life sort of reorganized itself as we moved from um, one place to another and I had little kids, uh, I took a pause from speech pathology. And in that pause, I started writing in earnest. Mm. and even though I absolutely love my clinical work, balancing that with my two tiny kids and a husband who worked at the time over like 80 hours a week, there was just, it was healthier for our family if I sat down and pursued writing. And you know what? I, I loved it so much. I actually love, love it the most. <laughs> so um, that was kind of a neat way to sort of back into this, what I'm calling my third career. <laughs> Wow. And I guess the, I guess one of the questions I have is that how did you start writing? It was like, was writing something that you did always like, you know, when you were younger and, you know, cause the way I say it is a middle grade novel. So also what, like what kind of experience or what classes might have you taken to kind of develop those skills as a writer? Yeah. Um, 
I have always, I was that kid. You were saying your daughter can't pass up the bookstore without wanting to go in. And I was a kid who loved reading and writing. Like if the teacher said it was silent reading time, that was, to me, that was the best thing. Only bested by if we had a creative writing assignment. Absolutely loved it, loved it. And I got a lot of great feedback as a student in junior high, high school. I was, oh, my teachers would submit my poems and I might win a space in an anthology. Or um, I, I would be selected to go to a conference on with student writers. But at the time, I looking back, I think I just did not think that was something you could pick to do as a career. And in fact, it's not a very lucrative career unless you're selling at a really high like James Patterson level. Um, so perhaps it's best that I did, didn't pursue it at the time, but um, it's something I have always loved. And in times of great joy, I'll t- pick up a pen and write down an experience in times of grief and sorrow. I'll pick up a pen and write down experiences. So I knew that writing was sort of part of who I am and how I process the world. Um, But it really was those early days of being encouraged by teachers who were saying to me, this is interesting. I like the way you said that. And I liked that. I liked that feeling. And a funny story I love to tell is that in fifth grade, we had a teacher who published our books, air quotes, um, parent volunteers came in and typed up our stories and gave them a cover that was made out of wallpaper remnants. And I remember seeing my name on the front of this real book, (laughs) this wallpaper remnant book, and it got, again, got that little bit of a thrill, like, oh, this, I would like to see this in the real world one day, my name on a book. I mean, I'm 10 years old at the time, but it, it's your dreams stick with you when they're meant to be a dream that you follow. I feel that the dream really does stick with you. And yeah, no, I agree. Cause I always wanted to write books too. And it was like, even as an adult, it became one of those things that I just, I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about your book, the way I say it. Um, if you could give a little bit of a synopsis and then how the story began as far as like the idea for the story and the characters. Sure, sure. Um, and and going back to your, um, I'll answer part of your previous question with this answer, because you were asking sort of how did I take classes or something? Oh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did, as I was shifting careers again, um, what happened was I started writing in earnest at the picture book level. And I think a lot of people do that who are writing for kids because we think it's going to be easier. And actually, I, in my experience, picture books are actually harder to write than a novel. Yeah. They're just hard to get right and do it well. Yeah. So I joined um, the Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators, and I started going to their conferences, their one-day events. I started taking any online webinars they offered. I started reading books about craft, and I joined a critique group that was specific to for kid writer kid lit writers so I'm writing these picture books and doing it the best I could but they were not great Um, and as I'm clearing away literal space on my desk and in my home and in my brain clearing literal space this character came to mind and that is Rory from the way I say it and he came, he came to mind because I was thinking to myself about how many children I've worked with, had worked with as a clinician, 
um, who couldn't say their own names. Mm-hmm. For example, like if your name was Kyle and you can't say Ka. Mm-hmm. I get referrals for kids like that. And I started thinking, um, what would be the worst name you could have if you had a lingering speech impairment, mm-hmm. which, which as you know, as, a, as an SLP is normally going to be like your R or maybe your L, <laughs> sometimes your S and STH um, um, flip-flops there. And Rory came to mind and I took out a big sheet of paper and in the middle of the paper, I wrote, his name Rory and I drew a circle around it and that's how the whole book started just completely character driven and I didn't know what I was doing so I continued to go to these um, conferences and workshops and expand this story and I wrote it what we called using the headlights method where um, you only you only write as far as your headlights can see (laughs) and I didn't have a synopsis I didn't have an outline I just knew this kid was going to start sixth grade and I knew the story probably was going to end when he finished sixth grade so that was a good that was essentially as much of an outline as I had but it was good enough for me to get going and I took this kid from holiday to holiday through the school year um, and got myself a shell of a of a, a first draft and then I had to go back in and as I learned more and grew more as a writer realized okay we can't just have flat side characters each side character has to have their own character arc okay <laughs> got to go back and put those in and subplots and all these things um so it took a long time i want to say i probably started this particular novel in 2012 and didn't finish it till i'm sorry till 2010 and didn't finish it till like 2015. So that's five years before I was ready to start trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just so it was a process. <laughs> it is, and there's there's a lot of like different themes in the book. And what I what I like is that it just really captures um, the emotions of what it's like to have, you know, let's say like articulation disorder where you can't say your name and things like that, how it comes up a lot and um, how it affects him emotionally. And there was just, I I just like, there was a lot, but that wasn't just the whole story. I feel like it was Mm. also about like friendship, starting middle school, um, just, you know, kind of growing up a little bit throughout that year. And I really like those themes because in middle school, it's like, I always say like middle school is just like the hardest Mm-hmm. for kids because you know everyone's like growing at different stages and mm-hmm. friendships are changing and they're not staying the same and your interests are changing and it's sort so of hard. I love how you highlighted sort of like lunchroom situation too which was hasn't changed much I would it just say. hasn't and and you know um lucky for me and I know this is the same for you when you are a mom you have this material coming in coming at you so my son, I have a daughter and a son. My son was sort of going from a late elementary into middle school while I was writing this. And P.S., he is a stutterer. And that wasn't the story I needed to tell. That's his story. And um, it, it wasn't something I needed to pursue, but it was something I was curious about. 
I was curious about how he was navigating the world when every time you open your mouth, it's a minefield. You don't know what's going to happen next. Mm. And same with Rory. So in the way I say it, it's the story of um, 12, I'll say this for your listeners, it's the story of 12-year-old Rory Mitchell, who can't say R sounds. And he thinks that's his biggest problem until his best friend, Brent, um, sustains a serious injury in a bike accident. And when Brent returns to school, he joins Rory in the speech therapy room um, where he is seeking services for his sort of executive functioning and um, mild traumatic traumatic brain injury um, sequelae. And the two boys end up bonding over heavy metal music and Muhammad Ali, and they're forced together in this project, um, this biography project. And it really is the exploration of learning to forgive each other and forgive themselves because as we're growing and changing, we're making mistakes too. So are our friends, but we are too. And that's what I wanted to explore with Rory that it's not always just there's a bully and that bully's bad. You're making decisions too that you sometimes look back and say, Oh, I really regret that. You know, he, <laughs> you aren't, you aren't alone. Um, no one, no one gets through this life without making mistakes that they regret. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed um, looking at and exploring those emotions, especially for boys, because my little guy was highly sensitive and coming home with lots of emotions. Um, and it helped, like I said before, it really just writing helped me process what was going on. Yeah, I liked how you incorporated the music, mm. um, the heavy metal, and also just Muhammad Ali. And I was just curious about kind of like, you know, kind of the significance of Muhammad Ali and how, like, is there something that you feel connected with him and why you wanted to put him in the story or something that naturally came up or? Yeah, it's a fun story. I, I think, well, two things. The music seeped into the story because my son is a drummer and at that time oh, my husband's he, a drummer so oh okay so do you okay will you feel my pain I you understand you have to I, you your should hear it it's very loud so I would be sitting down to write and this little neighborhood band that he had created with a couple of kids um a couple of kids were two years older and it was another kid his age they were really starting to make actual music and it was heavy metal I mean it was Pantera and just stuff that is really hard for me and that was the background for me writing writing this so the music seeped in and I ended up toning it down and gave gave um the speech therapist Mr. Sims he likes more of a hard rock than a heavy metal because yeah. then I was having to play this music over and over as I revised. And I was like, I just can't do it with Pantera. But Metallica, I can do Metallica. I like. <laughs> so that's how that seeped in. Yeah. And then one day, um, midway through, I don't know, draft number what, our uh, young friend who lives across the street came over for dinner. And he started telling my son about this video his dad had just shown him about Muhammad Ali. And he's talk, he's acting out for us at the dinner table, Muhammad Ali's um, What's My Name fight with Ernie Terrell, which makes it, that story makes it into the book. And in that fight, Muhammad Ali had just uh, recently enough changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. And Ernie Terrell was being, um, he, he was, he was goading him and calling him Cassius Clay and refusing to use the name that, that Ali was 
um, preferred. And so the fight, you could look it up on, on YouTube, what's my name fight. You see Ali pummeling this guy and saying, what's my name? Say it. Say my name. Yeah. And initially this book was titled um, Say My Name. And I just, it was like, bing, that bolt of lightning. I thought, oh my gosh, Muhammad Ali had a name he could, he did not want to say anymore. He did not want to use that persona and how important his new name was to him. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that this could be a nice little um, platform for Rory to learn from his speech therapist, mm-hmm. all these different things that go into um, deciding what's important in your life. And let me tell you what, Muhammad Ali is the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, he is known as the Louisville Lip. There were so many quotes I could put in the book. When I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I could have the speech therapist use these quotes as therapy material. It was just, it was so much fun. And I ended up spending a lot of time getting to know Muhammad Ali as a person through books and documentaries and movies and went down a bit of a rabbit hole. But I, I, it, that, that was a really unexpected, and it's just serendipity. And I thank that child in the, um, in the acknowledgments of the book, because it absolutely, I think it plays to the heart of the novel, um, that just talking about what an interesting and unique person Muhammad Ali was. <laughs> it does. And I think it's embedded in so many different ways. I mean, I don't want to give away the book because I want everyone to read it. Um, but, but I think that it, it really, um, it affected Rory a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. like he really thought about it and he kind of learned from it and, and utilized that information in different ways. Um, and it was a way for him and Brent to like to bond also. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I just like the way you incorporated kind of like all the different like, you know, you have brain injury, you have articulation disorder. We have like kind of the mention of Parkinson's because of Muhammad Ali. And like, I just like the way that you incorporate all of those into the story, but it's not the whole story. It's just like, it's not, it, it doesn't identify that person of who they are, but it's just something that they're going through. And I think that's something I always kind of, you know, we always talk about as SLPs, like, you know, you don't, you're not your diagnosis. You have, maybe you have a diagnosis, but doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's who you are. Yeah. Thank you. That, that means so, a lot to me because I, I really struggled with, especially you just have to be careful. Whose, whose story is it to tell? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I wanted so badly these characters to come across as fully formed they're fully formed. And that's why in my mind, I thought, no, Rory is not, he is a cool kid. Mm-hmm. He plays the guitar. He, you know, he, he, he has all these facets to him and PS. And yes, that is part of his life that he's struggling with that he can't say are, but it's such a small part of who he is. And, and even with Brent, his, his injury was um, something that took him out of his trajectory that he was headed in but he's still who he was inside he's still the same you know he's still himself and and yes we can all use improvements and if we use our bad experiences to make improvements in our lives fantastic Mm -hmm. (laughs) but thank you that means a lot to me I I really struggled with um (laughs) it's so hard when you're putting work out there 
here. You just don't, you're hoping to lift up. Exactly. Yeah. I felt like it was really positive. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I read it in like two days. Um, oh, that's so great. And Thank I think you. that it's, it's great for our classroom. It's also great for, um, for kids and parents to read, like for anyone who may be struggling with any of the, um, you know, articulation or someone who's maybe feeling self-conscious about their speech. I mean, I always think adults don't read middle grade books enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So like, you know, like, like my daughter is actually reading the adult books and I read the middle grade, but like, I totally stayed stayed. middle grade. Yeah. I think it's, it's, people ask like, why do you read middle grade? Like people who are not in sort of like that book, um, like that book group feels, you know, I'm like, you know what? It gives me a perspective on like being a teenager, um, or being like in that middle school and kind of like understanding their perspective. And I think Mm -hmm. as a parent and also as an SLP working with adolescents, Mm -hmm. you know, having kind of understanding that perspective is important because when you're doing therapy and you're doing treatment, like it's important to know where they're coming from because they don't always talk, especially teenagers. Right. Sometimes they're not always as open about their feelings um, until you get to know them. So I just, I think it's really important. That kind of leads to my next question, just about what you want, like, you know, like children and parents and educators to learn from your book. Mm. Yeah, I really hope, and I, I think it is starting to happen the way um, I hoped it would, is that this book is trickling down to the very kids I wrote it for, those speech kids, those kids who are being either pulled out or getting services um, in their classroom who feel they are slightly different. They're starting to notice that, oh, not it's not a big group that goes to speech anymore. We're, it's, we're dwindling down. And I really hope that what they take away from it is that feeling of you're not alone. This is not, you know, this isn't a, de- a defining, this does not have to be a defining part of your life. You're not alone. And, um, and just keep going for it. Keep trying. And that's that, fr- that idea of fall down seven times, get up eight. Um, is one that I hope um, the kids can come away with and feeling like they have a new friend in Rory and Brent too, <laughs> you know, that, that, that they've maybe have connected with a, with a person um, whose, whose life reflects theirs in some way. And for adults and educators and kids who don't have speech um, problems, I really hope that people will see one of one of the themes that I've noticed, um, I didn't mean for it to be like a theme in my books, but <laughs> I've noticed in my first two and in my third manuscript, that idea of you never know what someone else is going through. And we're all at different times, we carry different things. Sometimes our load is very light and we're going along and life is wonderful. And sometimes our load is just so dang heavy, right? And you just, mm-hmm. you never know where someone is. Um, in their life journey, what's going on on the inside is almost always um, reflected in some way on the outside. So I'd love if my books can help people take a pause. If someone's not acting a way they would like them to, or someone's not treating them properly, or someone's behaviors are confusing, and to stop and think like, what might be happening in that person's life? And realize too that it's, it's usually almost never about you. If someone else is giving you a hard time, it's coming from their business. It doesn't have anything to do with you. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. And it's that's... a lot to ask a one book to do, but um, that's why I, I agree with you. Middle grade is such a lovely place. I, I kind of, when I was growing up, I got to middle grade and I kind of sort of stayed there. I never really went full deep into the YA world. Um, and I, and here I am still, and I just, I will, my friends, middle grade novels just absolutely bring me to tears all the time. And um, there's a new, there's a new, I got to shout this out for you too, because you're going to love it. In September, this novel coming out called Wild Oak, Wild Oak, one word, and it's by C.C. Harrington. And um, I got to read an early copy because she wanted me to blurb it as a SLP. The main character has a severe stutter. And it's so awesome. It's so, so, so good. Um, and there's another a book. Uh, it's quite a bit older now called Paperboy. Oh, I'm blanking on that. Wait, I think I, I know. That. I bet you read it. And that one is no, a boy. I definitely know that book. Yeah, um, that's a boy who stutters. And I ended up writing that author a fan letter because it, it is a middle grade novel. And I was the mom trying to understand what my son was feeling. And this book told me, instead of my son trying to me, trying to get my son to tell me, tell me, tell me, and he wasn't talking, wasn't talking <laughs> about the emotional part of it. Um, Paper Boy by, no, it's still not going to come to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to look it up too, because I yeah. know that, but I know. But those are two, for your listeners who, um, who if, if are into that kind of a, a story, and those are two that I highly recommend. Great. I'd love to hear about your new book because your new book just came out. Oh, yes. Thank you. So exciting. Um, it's very unusual to have two books in one year. It was just that the very first productive. one. Yeah, no, 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 kind of the opposite. The first one was delayed so much. It was delayed so many times that it literally came out in the same year as the second one. So mm-hmm. it, I was productive, but it was like five years ago that I was productive. <laughs> Um, but this, this net, the, my latest book is called The Ghost of Spruce Point, and it's quite different um, in feel from the way I say it, except that it is a middle grade novel, but it's all about fun and shenanigans. And again, it's a 12-year-old boy, um, Parker Emerton, who lives on the coast of Maine in the only home he's ever known, which is his family's um, home way in, which is their year-round business. And he has, he lives, he lives there with his little sister and their cousins live across the bay um, on an island. And every summer, they're his favorite best friend, Frankie, comes and spends the summer. And this summer, the inn is not doing well. And Frankie and Parker think that they know why. They think that the, one of the only year round neighbors that, that they have on this uh, area called Spruce Point is a witch because she's a really mean neighbor. And then Frankie sees a ghost in the witch's backyard and the kids become convinced that Spruce Point has been cursed. And the rest of the story is all sort of Scooby-Doo gang shenanigans trying to figure out um, how to break this curse and how to save uh, the home away in. That sounds great. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're having so much fun with all the writing. That's the, yeah. it seems like, yeah. you know. So yeah, it I, really does. Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, in, in this book, like I, I really, the characters were so well-developed that I felt like I knew them, you know, those books where you feel like you could picture them. So yeah, for any, you know, I always say like any speech pathologist or parent educator, like a great book to, um, 
to recommend on, on reading lists. And also just to, you know, I always talk about like perspective taking. I think it's also mm. really um, a mm-hmm. good book to talk about that as well, because, you know, you were saying like, just kind of understanding the perspective from so many different characters right. um, that it's not like flat, that it's like, you know, it's, there's a lot of different, you never know what's going on with somebody. Um, right. So, well, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything thank else you, you. want to, um, you want to say? No, just, I you thank know? you so much for, for saying that. And I, I really do hope that um, this book's the way I say it starts getting sort of handed from SLP to SLP and they can help me spread the word then to the, to the kids or just enjoy it themselves. Because I mean, how often do you read a book where the main, one of the main characters is a speech pathologist who's super cool, you know, <laughs> I, I really know. enjoyed writing Mr. Sims. So it is a love letter to our whole profession. And, um, and thank you so much for having me. And I hope people enjoy um, the way I say it and the ghost of Spruce Point. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.